taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of apologetics, while taking truth into the arena of ideas. You are listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your hosts, Brian Chilton and Curtis Evelo, as we enter into the arena of ideas. In the sword of Christian theology and the shield of Christian apologetics, we'll take in the truth into the arena of ideas. This is the Bellator Christie Podcast. My name is Curtis Evelo, and I'm joined by Brian Chilton as we answer your most pressing apologetic and theological questions of the day. So we have a welcome to the special edition of the Bellator Christie Podcast. Uh, our normal podcast will be aired at the normal time. However, our special edition podcasts are sometimes necessary to deal with the pressing issues facing the church today, and and we have a, a pressing issue that that uh, we are we are uh, very saddened that we have to bring this to people. Uh, Brian, you want to go ahead and start talking about it? Yeah, we, we're uh, we're talking about an issue. Uh, I I wrote an article up on this over the weekend. I felt led to do so, and. Um, of course, if you're in the, the Christian apologetic world, of course you know about uh, the fall of Ravi Zacharias. The, the we call it a fall, it's a moral failing of uh, Ravi Zacharias. And on the one hand, it's uh, it's, it's difficult to discuss these issues because of the sensitivity of the issues. But on the other hand, it's difficult to discuss them because Ravi is no longer here with us, um, right. and so we we didn't. We we did we don't see how he would have responded once all these allegations were brought forth, and um, they're just it's a very sensitive topic. So we want to be very sensitive on the one hand to the family and friends. I know individuals who knew Ravi well; they are just devastated by this. But the, but on the other hand, we want to be um, we want to be empathetic and sympathize with the victims. Uh, who it, it appears that are at least fifty individuals, at least who were um, in some way harmed by the um, sinful exploits of Ravi uh, in in um, his in a secret life that we ne- never knew about until now. Hmm. Yeah, and so the article, um, if you guys want to check that out, it's on Bellator Christie. Com and uh, it's the deeper truths of the falling of Ravi Zacharias. So um, I encourage everybody to go in there and and read that article. And there will be, you know, with this podcast, there will be links on it, I'm sending you there. And it's it's important that we um, take a look at this, take a grasp, um, and and just uh, each one of us take a look at our inner selves here. So I, think, Brian, I, I think you're uh, right, you Curtis. I think, you, you may, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say I think you're right. I think one of the biggest things right. that we all need to do as Christians, and especially if a person is a Christian leader in any sense, whether it be a pastor, a deacon, uh, an elder, uh, or whatever the case may be, an apologist, a speaker, whatever the case may be, I think we need to have a good, long, hard look at ourselves Um and see if you know have the Holy Spirit to investigate our lives and see if there's any wicked way in us that needs to be brought forth and cleansed. Right. Right. Yeah. So, do you want to give a bit of an introduction of the Ravi Zacharias and the RZIM ministry? 
Yes, so Ravi Zacharias, in case you don't know, is a famed apologist and author. Um, he has spoken across the world. Uh, he was born in, I believe, India, and uh, he came to the United States. Actually, he moved to Canada first, and then eventually uh, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and here in the United States. Um, he he became a big-name speaker in the apologetics world. Um, he founded one. Of the, he founded the world's largest apologetics ministry, known as the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, otherwise known as RZIM. And um, it became a. Here, here's the thing: it became a multi-million-dollar enterprise that employed numerous apologetic speakers in the United in the UK as well as the United States. And some of these speakers are some of the top-named apologists of our day, including, and I just simply use this name because of the response he gave, Dr. John Lennox. I've actually met John Lennox. He is a cool guy. His intellect is, he's got a steel trap for a mind. He just retains an enormous amount of information, has two doctorates from Cambridge, and I think maybe Oxford is the other one, one mathematics, one philosophy. Just a brilliant man. But they've employed other uh, top-name apologists as well. Uh, Nabil Qureshi worked with him whenever he was around, and uh, many other big-name apologists. So uh, that's kind of the background behind Ravi Zacharias and uh, the RZIM ministry. Mm -hmm. So we had early allegations that we kind of talked about um, early on, uh, early this actually late last year, that we kind of talked about that there was allegations that were coming out and that we would we wouldn't speak on them until we had the information in front of us. Um, it, a lot like a lot of the ministries that are now speaking up and talking about it. Um, what were those early allegations? So reports of that there were some question questions pertaining to the whole doctor label. Uh, you know, because a lot of times he was presented as Dr. Ravi Zacharias, and um, there were some individuals who said who said who said that he did not have an earned doctorate, but he had doctorates that were given to him, and and generally it's it's a courtesy. Uh, that if you have an earned doctorate that you don't use the doctorate label because anyone who's gone through a doctoral program knows the hours of work that go into earning a doctorate. Um, you know, if, for me, if if I get mine, if I get mine in 2000, uh, 2022, it will have been um, five years. I've been at this. If 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 I get through it in 2022, it would make five years. I've been in it. For some people, I've heard it's taken them ten years to get the, their doctorate degree. So there were there were individuals who were concerned that he was presenting himself as if he had earned a doctorate when he hadn't. There were other concerns about over embellishing some things that he had done at Oxford University and at Cambridge and things of this nature. So there were some early allegations, early concerns brought up that were surfaced that about some of the things that were he had said didn't quite mesh with 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 reality and so you know a lot of people had you know passed this off as being something like uh just trying to ruin the man's reputation you know and so it really didn't get a whole lot of attention uh but now in 2017 uh, a further allegation came about that was a little was a little more serious um one uh canadian woman by the name of Lori ann thompson 
claimed that Zacharias manipulated her into sending sexual explicit texts and photos of, him, of, of herself to his phone. Now, Zacharias had came out and said that uh, she had man- manipulated him, that she had sent him texts, and he asked her to stop, and she kept doing so. And, you know, the whole thing was a little, was a little odd. It was very odd. But, uh, you know, it made one think that maybe something had happened where, you know, maybe she was trying to, you know, trap him or something of that sort, you know. You know that that's that was the going thoughts of the time, but but there begins to be this this snowball effect that's taking place over the course of time where you have some 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 questionable things taking place, and then that grows into this allegation, and so that's Zach Rice eventually launched a lawsuit against Thompson in 2017, and. Um, Anyhow, it seems like they settled this, if I'm not mistaken, out of, out of court maybe. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but uh, it seems like they somehow or another came up with a settlement to this issue. And um, and it was, you know, since that time, it, it hadn't been mentioned much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember emotionally um, <laughs> thinking to myself, you know, listening to listening to some of this coming about, in, in during that time period, I know emotionally me, I was I was like, no, it couldn't be, you know, that, that it just makes sense that somebody would be, um, you know, trying to trying to get money out of Ravi and out of the RZIM ministry and stuff. And now, like we talked the other day, Brian, I I I feel completely sick that I would that I felt that way to this these people that had these allegations that were actually true and real you know and and i have nothing to do with it other than the fact that i just listened to them on the radio or listened or watched them on youtube you know and and so i can i can fully understand that you know there was there was definitely some emotion and some uh guarded guardedness in that for sure yeah absolutely and 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 we also understand that a person's innocent until proven guilty. Um, not not having all the details, and it was it was kind of a he said she said thing. But now looking back, mm-hmm. and this is the way it normally normally happens. You you see things you we 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 pass them off. We see things we pass them off. It's not it's not that big of a deal. But then later we start seeing a. a um, um, a track uh, beginning to take place, or 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 a snowball effect beginning to take place. It starts off as something small, it gains steam. We see a, a pathway that leads us to the the place we are now. But yeah, it seems like it happens all the time. It, we ask ourselves, you know, it's like whenever you see a uh, some type of a shooting or something like that that takes at a public place, and people ask themselves, you know, those signs were there. Why didn't we catch them? Um, and I think the same thing happens here. You know. I, th- I wonder if that's part of something we need to start considering and maybe taking allegations a little ser- more seriously when they mm-hmm. come about, if if there's right. any warrant to them. Now, obviously, not every allegation is true, but... Uh, right, but, I mean, we, we had, like we discussed, we had, uh, there was, in 2015, there was, uh, you know, an atheist that, brought up yeah. some of these allegations and and everybody was blowing him off because you know he's an atheist and here he's outside of camp and he's he's actually bringing up 
true and legitimate issues that yeah. should have been investigated. And and that's that's the sad thing about it is that you know a lot of times you see individuals who are on the other camp they're bringing up accusations and it's just really I mean for instance I had a in a UK group claim that I was a youth minister gaining money off of people and my my story wasn't true and stuff like that I mean it was I mean I'm a nobody but they they because of the ministry the online ministry they had these allegations which of course was untrue I've I was a youth minister for like half a year and I had to stop it because I worked third shift and I felt sleep on the young people all the time so (laughs) it didn't work but uh you know so obviously there are allegations out there that are false but this guy you know he was legit in the things that he was presenting Mm -hmm. yeah and i think i think it's it's it to me it's it's a telling of us always wanting to gloss over um gloss over those things and and just uh look the other way um and, and i you know it's there are other articles and there's other um podcasts on the whole scandal mm-hmm. um and how and and there, we're all talking about the same thing about how <laughs> how so many people basically gave ravi a free pass in yeah. this and never and never looked back and that's that's something I think that uh, one of the things, and I'm probably jumping ahead of, of where we are right now, but I think if there's anything we can learn from this, I mean, I think there's several things we can learn from this, but if there's one thing we definitely need to learn is that we need to have accountability at all levels in Christian ministry. That's why I think Billy Graham Ministries, uh, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, they are top-notch. They are the model that all of us should adopt, where there is constant, there is accountability at all levels. Uh, you know, I think you mentioned it uh, last week or week before last, that Billy Graham didn't enter a room until he had people checking it to make sure uh, everything was kosher before he went in. We, we've right. got to have greater accountability in ministry than what we have now. And I'm afraid that the more we grow into um, this individualistic superstar fandom type of thing we've got going on, where we make superstars out of Christian speakers and whatnot, I, th- I think we're, we're building power structures that are very that become very unhealthy because let's be honest Ravi Zacharias is not the only one who built a power structure and fell and and people were unable to um, correct the ship or, or or discover what was going on um, and, and I'm not blaming RZIM I'm not saying anything bad against RZIM I think right. that's just the nature when you build a massive power structure if there's not accountability on in all areas, and having people to be able to have the freedom to say, you know, what are you doing here? Are you sure that this is right? Even if it's the CEO, even if it's the founder of the entire organization, there needs to be accountability there. Right. And in on the 12-page report, um, that is on the RZIM website, correct? The twelve-page report, I believe, is if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I, I don't so have it right before me, but I, I believe that's true. Yeah. yeah, but if somebody wants to go and look at that, they can go to the RZIM and and find the twelve-page report. And mind you, there are some there are some adult things that are on mm-hmm. that, and so please be mindful of that and and understand that um, these are real allegations, they're real things, real accounts, the uh, the things that that happen. 
and um, you have to go into it with an adult mind, knowing that oh yeah, um, these people were doing it, doing the investigation, uh, were doing it with the best interest of impossible for for uh, best interest possible for the people involved. But in there, it does say that you know um, there were points that that uh, it did give the appearance of um, accountability but there were large blocks of time where he was free to just do what he wanted to do and i think that's i think that's important that's really important to to recognize that when you're when you're in the public eye like that and you're running a ministry that's of that level um there are things that have to be laid down you have to be able to allow people to speak in yeah just just as a um just to, as a clarification, the RZI ministry does indeed have a link to the 12-page report. Uh, it's at the very bottom of their article on, on the release of this. It has oh, okay. it, and, and I actually have sure. it right here now. Sure. Yeah. So, what does the what did the recent report from the Atlanta-based law firm Miller and Martin reveal about Ravi's secret life? Uh some, some bad things, <laughs> very bad things. Yeah. Um, the investigations in Miller and Martin is an Atlanta-based law firm hired by RZIM to investigate uh, the, some of these claims that had surfaced, and um, there were some some fundraising organizations that were pressuring the ministry. From my understanding, okay, I don't want to give a false report, but from my understanding, they were pressuring pressuring the ministry to do an investigation to see whether or not there was any validity behind these accusations that were being brought forth. And so they did. The last part of 2020, uh, the RZIM said that the early indications were that something did happen, but we didn't know the extent of what happened. And so the investigators unveiled shocking information released in a 12-page report, as we mentioned. Um, Zacharias's mobile device contained more than 200 images of young women, including nude photographs of Malaysian employees. They interviewed uh, the investigators interviewed 50 witnesses and examined devices used from 2014 to 2018. Uh, so this is this is a long period of time. Uh, they discovered that Zacharias had hidden his exploits under the label of humanitarian aid. And if you if you check out the 12-page report, I actually pulled it up here. It said that he never had his name on the documents, uh, but it was clear that it was linked back to him. From my understanding of the report, now I may have said that wrong, but from my understanding, his name wasn't on there, but he told the massage therapist and the individuals that he was a secret investor uh, to the to the organization, and so he, there was a link that he had uh, to this, and it was all under the humanitarian aid. Uh, they discovered that Zacharias had hidden his exploits, and uh, and that he would provide funds for oppressed women through his massage parlors and other exploits overseas. But he added the requirement that they were to have relations, sexual relations with him, in exchange for his help. And most disturbing is that he he. Uh, he claimed that the women were blessed to have relations with him, that they were God's reward to him for his ministry, and warned that if he they, if they should ever tell anyone, they would be responsible for the millions of lost souls who had never received Christ because of his damaged reputation. Now, now if that's true, 
that has all the markings of a, of a predator there um, because mm-hmm. a, a predator normally tells again i'm just saying if this is true okay I'm not saying it is or it isn't but if the allegations are true here a predator will normally tell the victim not to say something or something bad is going to happen to you or something bad is going to happen to someone else that's that's an earmark mm-hmm. of of that type of behavior um so it's very very disturbing information we receive here and and that's why i ask on this on this question how in the world did this happen you know that, that just really makes all of us wonder how in the world did this take place right right i know there's many many ministries right now that are um i don't want to say but they're 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 loading up to to actually speak out on this right now they're they're getting information they're praying about it they're moving along and um that's the whole reason this podcast come out is because we you wrote the article and we felt compelled to to speak about it because we already said in uh in 2020 um we already kind of spoke that we would we would speak out about it or talk about it once once all the information was out and we'd give more more of that for our listeners more so so we we had the basis to talk about and demonstrate to our listeners that we're all broken fallen people and that we need to not be uh focused on man we need to be focused on christ yeah and, and that's and that's important and that's been that's been a concern i've had i, I was trying to find the quote i can't find it weemlin craig is 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 said to have suggested that that a problem he sees with um, again I don't have the, the source, but it's a pretty reliable source that said that he that he was concerned about the number of young apologists who were more concerned about making a name for themselves than they were humbly serving Christ, and this is something that I I have kind of seen too. Now Craig knows a lot more people than I do. I'm just a humble, you know guy from from north carolina uh you know but uh <laughs> you know i don't i've met people i've had the, ble- the blessing of meeting some people at you know apologetics conferences but he knows a lot more people than i do but but i have from you know being a, having been a pastor and everything seen that there does seem to be this notion in the apologetics community with people who are getting training that they want to be the next big star um well, the problem with that is, is if we're not careful, and if we're not growing ourselves in the Spirit of God, growing ourselves in Scripture, then any of us, no matter who we are, any of us could fall in the most atrocious of fashions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because um, as because here's the here's the thing. Jesus came after pride in the scriptures very uh you could say very hard he came at it very he's like pride in your heart and he's talking about the the whitewashed tombs of the of the of the pharisees and and i just pride is something that we need to root out and it's hard because how do you how do you um keep going and wanting to have the the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to help somebody and and then not let that pride well up in you 
that you now know that information and they don't you know yeah. so i think that's pride is a huge thing and when we and when we see it coming up in some of these young like you said these young apologists coming up like like Greg said this could be a bad thing well and i think that's why we need to learn and this isn't just as apologists this is also true of of churches pat and especially pastors we've got to learn how and and christians in general we've got to learn how to work together you know we're we're together in this as a team we're not competing against one another we're not you know we're not denominations competing against one another we're not churches competing against one another we are Christians in a part of the same team competing against. If we're competing against anyone, it's the kingdom of it's the kingdom of the devil. It's it's the mm-hmm. kingdom of darkness. If if we have a common enemy, if we have a common um, competitor, it's Satan and his minions. That's who we need to be, yep. you know, competing right. against, but not one another. And and right. I think once. It, we center, and, and this is one of the reasons I've heard people suggest this too. And the more I think about it, the more um, the more I think they're right. We really shouldn't be naming ministries after the founders. Uh, th- there's a reason why when I first started this ministry, is I started it as PastorBrianChilton.wordpress.com. But over time, I wanted to get a name that wasn't centered or on me, and that's where Bellator Christie right. was birthed. Um, right. So. You know, our ministry is about Christ. It's not about us. And so I think that's that's the movement we need to have. We need to move it away from us and back to the person who is most deserving of our worship. Right. Amen. So what kind of fallout has occurred since this since these allegations have come out and, and the investigation has come out? Well, the fallout has been intense. Um, mm. John Lennox, one of the biggest named speakers for RZIM, has excused himself from RZIM until the ministry rebrands itself as an independent entity. And he said this in the CT Christian uh, Christianity Today article. He said this, and I quote, The current allegations are of such a serious nature that I cannot be involved in any ongoing activity in the name of RZIM. Uh, reports are suggesting that uh, RZIM is already going to have to lay off employees. Uh, they're going to scale down to something comparable to somewhere around. I think I read an estimate around 10% of the of the capacities they're running at now. I think there's going to only be 10 speakers in the United States, whereas there were many others. They've laid off or even fired, terminated the positions of some individuals who. Uh, were standing opposed to the investigation and and who came down hard on the victims, those people have since been released. Uh, RZIM has issued a statement saying that they're in a mode of repentance and restoration. And uh, I I think that if they're able to rebrand the ministry, if they're able to rebrand it, then it's very possible that they could continue a strong ministry for moving forward, uh, but but I don't think it would necessarily be the same name that they have now. I think they're going to have to rebrand it as something else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're you know in my opinion, unless they rebrand it, ten uh, percent may even be optimistic. I you know I don't know. I may be wrong, and, and maybe things will rebound for them. Uh, but I do think they're going to have to definitely rebrand. It's just my opinion. They're going to have to rebrand the name. Right. 
and one thing that that bothers me in this whole thing, Brian, is, and and I don't want to, I don't want to make it about Bellator Christie, but what does that do for other ministries that are doing the work of Christ that are out there solidly? speaking about God, speaking of repentance, speaking of of our sinfulness, speaking of our need for Christ to be in our lives and to be in our walk. Because we're all broken, fallen human beings. But when we have ministries like Bellator Christie and, and various others that I that we all know of, what is that saying to to the people outside of Christianity and the fallout that's coming because of that, because RZIM was huge, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, we, we mentioned this before, and I think it bears mentioning again. And there's two things I want to say here. And in case my mind goes, Curtis, I want to be transparent about this ministry, but I want to say something yeah. first. So if I, if, if I were to forget, just bring up transparency. There, there are three things Aristotle brought up. Um, l- l- let, me, let me go back first, even even further. Mary Jo Sharp wrote a book called Why I Still Believe, and she does something powerful there. She separates and distinguishes from the bad actions of Christians and the message of Christ and the genuine Christianity. And I think that's something, if you don't have that book, I'd highly encourage you to get it. It's an easy read. Um, She talks about some of the ways that she has been hurt in church by Christians who've behaved badly. But she makes a distinction there, a lot of demarcation between the genuine nature of Christianity and bad Christians. That's something we need to do. Now, Aristotle, uh, back in ancient times, said that there are three things that make a speaker worth listening to. Uh, there are three things that need that a speaker needs to have for them to be a legitimate speaker. First of all is the logos. The Lagos is the logic and reasoning. Uh, are the messages true? Do the messages make sense? The second thing is pathos. Pathos is, they're the emotions and feelings that are involved in the message. So the Lagos is whether or not the message is true. The pathos is the concern, the level of concern the speaker has for the issue at hand, and also for the people who are hearing it. Does the does the person... So in other words, with the Lagos, ask yourself, is the message true? Is what this speaker is telling me, is it based in reality? Secondly, does this person genuinely care about me? Does this, this person genuinely... Is this person genuinely concerned about my life and what happens with me? But then there's the third thing, and there's the ethos. The ethos is the moral credibility and ethical behavior of the speaker. In the case of Ravi, he had the logos. In some cases, I think he may have even had the pathos, but he didn't have the ethos. And so I think this is a challenge. By the way, Jesus perfected all three of these. His messages were logical. They were airtight. They were the revelation of God. People came to Jesus because they knew the pathos he had for them, that he legitimately cared, spending countless hours healing people, even when he was exhausted. He spent countless hours healing people, even when the disciples were saying, Jesus, can we go now? Please, Lord, can we leave and go get somewhere else? And how many more people are you going to heal? Come on, man. 
But Jesus kept doing it. And then the ethos. Consider this. Peter, who knew Jesus better than anyone, said multiple years after Jesus died that he was the perfect Lamb of God, that he was morally perfect. And that was years after Jesus' ministry on earth had been complete. So Jesus has perfected these three things. As leaders, as teachers, as speakers, I think we should strive to be logical in our messages, to really genuinely care about the the people with whom we speak. By the way, Bellator Christie, we strive to be logical speakers. We pray for the listeners before we ever come on the podcast. Do we not, Curtis? Mm -hmm. Every single podcast, we, we pray for the listeners. Ethos... This is the place where we are all need to be. We all need to be challenged. Do we have the moral integrity to bring the messages we speak? Now, going back to full transparency for Bellator Christian Ministries, I think ministries need to be fully transparent, and let's be fully transparent. No one at Bellator Christie earns a salary. None of us do. Right. We don't get any any money from this. We may start fundraising soon to help us pay for things we want to do in the ministry. Um, you know, and, and it, that may come here eventually. Uh, but we've received no money except for except for individuals who come on staff. They give a small donation to help us pay for the one hundred and sixty seven dollars it costs to operate this ministry each year. It costs almost two hundred dollars. We're paying this in. To bring you Bellator Christie, we're receiving no money from this. So if you're thinking we're being paid to do this, we're not. We're actually spending money to bring you this information, to bring you these podcasts. And yeah. and I don't know about Curtis, but I know my bank account's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> So this is a ministry uh, where we're passionate for the you know, to serve the Lord, and we're passionate to bring you the truth that truly transforms. So, just in full transparency, I mean, this is where we are at this state, at this stage in the game of the Bellator Christie. And if we ever become, you know, if we ever get a lot of fundraising going on, and we ever have a paid staff, then we will present that information. On the on the website, so that, that all of our fundraisers can see that, and all the people can see where the money's going and how it's being used. Right, right, right. Yeah, and so, what should we learn from Ravi's alleged secret life? We kind of touched a little bit about this, but what should we learn from it then, Brian? You know, I, I said three things on um, on on the article. I'll just briefly hit on these. One, I think. And we've we've already kind of mentioned this already. Uh, it reveals our worship of celebrity status. And in mm-hmm. in, in the article, I bring out uh, whenever I went to Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary for a semester, I had fully intended to complete my um, my my undergraduate there, but it didn't quite work out. But I remember that there was a pastor who uh, who there aged pastor I ate breakfast with him one morning, and he said he overheard some doctoral students said, "I'm going to get my doctoral degree, and I'm going to pastor a large church, and I'm going to make a lot of money, and a lot of people are going to listen to me." Well, obviously, he he said he says not only do I worry about their humility, I even worry if, I wouldn't even wonder if they're even saved, and so I don't know that I would go as far as he went with that, but. But I do think we do have this desire many times to have this big name to ourselves. And one has to wonder whether or not it was the celebrity status that caused Ravi, could it have been, that caused him to um, 
to suffer some of the moral indiscretions that he had? I, I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But one has to wonder, because I do know in some messages he had preached before that he had talked several times about being on the go all the time. He was getting tired. He was getting worn out. You have to kind of wonder if that didn't take a toll on him after a while. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing we see here is that it reveals our inability to self-assess. I think we as Christians, we as ministries, we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to assess ourselves, allow Him to bring out sins in our lives so that He can sanctify them and purify them. Otherwise, if we don't, He's going to bring them out and expose them, and they will and they'll come out eventually. The truth is going to come out in the end. But they can either become they can either come out to be sanctified and cleansed, or they can come out to be an embarrassment to us. And then all thirdly, it reveals our loss of Christ like ethos. And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. That uh, we we don't and and I and I call out someone you know uh, and I and I'm going to mention it on the podcast because I think it's such a horrible thing to say and I think it shows how so involved we are in politics that we've lost the core essence of what Christianity is about Robert Jeffress who is a uh, the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Dallas said a Christian writer asked me, and these are his words, don't you want a president to embody the Sermon on the Mount? And I said, absolutely not. That is very troublesome. Okay, now, whether you are for Trump or against Trump, this guy was fully for Trump. As we said, we're not making this political. But I think no matter what side of the aisle you're on, we've got to self-assess ourselves and see what type of emphasis we're placing on politics. When politics comes to the point that we are rejecting the very teachings of Christ, I think we've got to go back to the drawing board and ask ourselves, who are we truly serving? That's just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think we've got to ask ourselves, as conservative Christians, we've got to ask ourselves that question. Right. And so on your on the article, developer Christie, you have on there it says reveals our inability to self assess, and we were just touching on that. And I just went over to ask Dr. Brown's uh, askdrbrown.org's website, and uh, on his article about the Ravi Zacharias fall, he's got a quote on here on uh, in this article. What, what and, number and, is it? And, it's on number nine. Number nine, okay. Yep. And let me quote it real quick. And and this is directly off of his article. It says, quote, My wife Nancy sent me these thoughts as I was writing this today. Think of your children, your grandchildren. See their faces as you dangerously toy with sin. What would this do to them? For fathers, you are your children's hero. We must live as the as if the entire world is watching. Certainly, heaven is. Mm. Unquote. That brought me to tears, Brian. Oh yeah. Thinking, thinking of, and it's true. It's very true. This is this is this is something that you you gotta check yourself. You gotta check yourself and and take that time to self-assess and if. You are in or or amongst a, a time period of the of sin or or maybe even toying with sin or maybe even just cracking the door open to sin. 
Think of your children. Think of your wife. Think of your ministry. Think of those things. Get to your heart. Get low. Get back to God. Repent. Get on your knees. Find the grace. Absolutely. I, th- I think it's a wonderful point to be made because if you really stop and consider, the devil doesn't want you to think about these things. Right. To stop and consider what's going to happen, what's going to be the outcome if I go down this route. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the thing about the devil. He's going to make everything seem like it's sunshine and roses until you get there and you realize that uh, that that the sunshine and roses is nothing but an oven uh, that may be cooking something that smells lovely, but it may be cooking your own hide in the end. You know, he's not going to tell you that. He's not going to tell you. There's, there's a song, um, there's a southern gospel song that says, Sin takes you farther than you want to go. and And I think it's so true that the devil makes everything seem like it's going to be a surefire fit. I think I think a lot of times, you know, that's what he uses. He uses our own uh our our, our um uh, insecurities and our desires against us and makes us see, think that the that the grass is greener on the other side, but really it's nothing more than a dirty smelly dirt patch. <laughs> Mm-hmm. When we get there, and he's not going to tell you that though. Think about the alternatives. Right. Think about what's going to happen if you go down that road. Right, and think about think about the enemy's name, Hasatan. Yep, he's the accuser of the brethren. So not only is he going to be tempting you and pushing you and tempting you into these things, but he's going to be the first one to turn and say, "See, see, he did this all on his own." Mm-hmm. And it's powerful to consider that. That the very, very thing you're toying with is the very thing that's going to come out and be the thing that that's going to hurt the most. Absolutely. So where do we go from here, Brian? Well, and, and I, I think as a church, as a church, I think uh, one thing we've got to do, and I, I, let let me go back to you something here from Doctor. Brown's article, he says in ver- in on number ten, everything flows out of a personal relationship with the Lord. Mm. I think when we understand that point, that's going to help us out a lot. Jesus says, "I am the vine; you are the branches. Uh, without me, you can do nothing." We are linked together in this common vine, which is Christ. The sap running through it is the Holy Spirit holding us to the mm. vine. That is what produces the fruit. That's what produces the effects to our actions and for the things that we do it's not us it's christ and um you know we want to be needed we want to be wanted uh, but we've got to understand that this is about this is christ's church this is his work we're just lucky and blessed uh to be able to participate in it i list four things in the article i'll just briefly hit on them first we must regain our primary devotion to christ listen i'm all about apologetics i'm all about philosophy i'm all about theology but it begins with the scripture it begins with the holy spirit and we've got to be grounded and centered in the word of god we've just we just have to be secondly we need to establish our primary objective what is our primary goal in life are we using Christ for our own purposes or are we allowing Christ to use us for his purposes? It's going to look very different. Yeah. Depending yeah, on how we answer that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and that comes back to my 
one of the biggest things that I, I, I push and push and push people to is your engagement and involvement with the scriptures and what the scriptures are doing to you internally and, and, and what they're in your involvement in it and what that's doing in your heart and how that's making you change. I mean, I'm not the man I used to be. Mm. I'm not going to tell on the radio right now who I was, what I was, but I can tell you right now that nobody would recognize me on the other side. Oh, I had and a mouth like a sailor only, before. You know, I had a mouth yeah. like a sailor. Yeah, and I, it's the involvement of the scriptures that broke me. As I read it, I see God working through men's lives and, and, and raising men up to be leaders of the families, be leaders of the communities. And, and by, by doing that, he breaks men down and reveals their, their fallenness, their brokenness, and then builds them back up. And, and, I, and I just, I never can let go of this picture that I saw one day. Um, and it was, it was talking about, we're broken vessels. We're that, we're that, we're that vessel that, that, uh, that the potter has made, right? We're broken, but he puts us back together. And the only way to heal or to put back together a broken clay jar is to actually one of the practices the Orientals used to do, and that's to actually drip gold down into the mm. into those cracks and let the gold hold it together. And so if you think of it, the picture being we are these broken vessels held together by the gold of the word of Amen. Christ. I like that. And yeah, and it and so when you see a man that has been broken and healed and, and is now rising up and raising it you can't stop it you can't stop that man because he is so driven he knows what it was to be broken mm. and now he knows what it's like to be healed amen, amen. and for for a person who's gone through that and who knows the power of christ moving through them that that person is dangerous to the devil you know don't mm-hmm. guys are always said that a sharp mind and a pure heart uh, makes a person very dangerous to the to the devil, mm. and I think he's absolutely mm. right. right. You know, study, learn the material, but you've got to have a pure, clean heart. And mm. um, you know, Norm Geisler, you know, you got you, you got to appreciate oh, him man. because you know, to my knowledge, yeah. I don't think he ever. His wife was with him every time I saw him down at the National mm. Conference on Christian Apologetics. I believe every time he was there, his wife was there right by his side. Awesome, and yeah. that that speaks volumes. But, yeah. Yeah. Two, two more th- two more things real quickly. Third, we need to place ourselves in the fires of spiritual evaluation. Um, mm. John Wesley presents 22 things that a person needs to do every single day. Now, some of the things he says, I, I don't know, being that I am not a morning person, I don't think that I could get go with the, some of the things he said about getting way early in the morning. Now, Curtis, you get up very early, but... <laughs> We're the opposite, man. I'm, I'm in bed by 8 o'clock, but I'm up at 4, 3.30. <laughs> man, that's just... that's. I told someone the other day, somehow or another, you keep getting brought up in conversation. Conversations I have, and I. T- That's not good. <laughs> I tell one person about how you said you get up at four o'clock in the morning. And one person said, "Forget that." <laughs> uh, he, he said the cows would just have to go hungry for a while. 
Yeah, but you know, it's it's the it's the getting up and and uh, four o'clock in the morning. I there's nobody out, nobody up. Yeah, I can go out and I can just peacefully do what I need to do, and you know, and <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. if I could only get myself trained in it, I'd, I'd need a lot. <laughs> but you know, Psalm one thirty nine twenty three even tell, talks about this about you know, search me, O God, you know, search my ways, see if there's any in, impure thing in my life. Expose it in, in you know, in, in God and, and purify that. Make it right. This goes back to last week when we were talking about, I believe it was last week, in our podcast on the Sermon on the Mount, we were talking about where Jesus says, if you see anything offensive, pluck out your eye or, you know, cut off your hand. It doesn't mean it literally. But he right. you know, says, if what he's saying is if you have anything the Spirit finds impure in your life, allow him to get rid of that. And I think that's what we're seeing. And then lastly, always be transparent. I mean, we've mentioned this already in the podcast. There's no reason to rehash that. But be transparent in everything we do and say. Uh, I I think it's just Billy Graham Ministries perfected this. I think that's a model we all need to adopt. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw a T-shirt, and I I still have yet to find it again, but I'm going to search it and try to find it. But I saw a T-shirt um, where it showed this this uh, warrior, this soldier. It was kind of like our Bellator Christie, um, you know, the the logo. But it was, if you can imagine, a, a soldier that or a, a warrior that's, you know, wearing these, you know, all of this armor, and he's broken down, and there's blood everywhere, and he's, you can see that he's just wore out, and he's got his head down. And it said, and it's the line, and it just gives you chills. It says, the, the devil saw me kneeling mm. with my hands on the ground. He thought he won, and then he heard me say amen. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, that's powerful. It's powerful. Like you said, when we humble ourselves and we get low and we bow ourselves to God and we say, I, I, there's no way I can do this. It's got to be you. Somehow we find the strength to get up the next day and 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 face the day, um, knowing that we've done everything we could do to to point people to Him with a pure heart, with right. a pure mind. Amen. So, the last two questions here. One of them, I this is going to be hard for me to ask, but but we we should discuss it and find this out is. Was Ra- was Ravi saved? The, 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 that's going to be just simple. The simple to answer. I I don't know. I, I don't think any of us can know. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that's something that only God can decide, and something that Ravi himself and God knows. I tend to think that he was, but that he fell. Um, because any of us can fall, uh, you know. But ultimately, you know, whether he is or whether he isn't, that's God's decision, and it's mm-hmm. it's up to God and Ravi. You know, I say Ravi because you know, the responsiveness he had to the gospel call. I mean, his gospel, his messages were 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 real, were intact with the truthfulness of the gospel. I tend I tend to think he was, but there again, only God knows. Mm-hmm. So. How do we rebound from hurts that come from fallen leaders? 
I think going back to what we were talking earlier about Mary Jo Sharp, her book, why I still believe. I think anyone who's been hurt by this this news needs to go and get her book. Um, and then go get Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. On top of that, <laughs> sure. but, yeah, I but, don't see a problem in that. <laughs> But no, seriously, I, I, get, go get her book. I, I think her book is very valuable at this time because she draws a line between the message of, of the gospel, the truthfulness of the gospel, and the bad behavior of Christians. And we want to think that our Christian leaders are, are upstanding moral individuals who are living for Christ. And I dare say that most of them are. I think Michael Brown even said, and I think he's right, that for every Christian leader that's fallen, you have thousands of Christian leaders who haven't fallen, who have integrity. Um, so, you know, like we mentioned, Norman Geisler, from everything I've read and known of him, he was a man of impeccable character. Uh, so for every one person that's fallen, there have been many others who have, who have been upright, moral believers. But I do think we need to make that line, of, draw that line of demarcation between the truthfulness of the gospel and the um, bad behavior of individuals. And quite honestly, ultimately, place your faith and trust in God. Don't place your faith and trust in human beings because we all can fall. Every single one of us, we can fall. And we're, we're all sinners, saved, just saved by the grace of God. Amen. Well, Brian, thank you for putting on this uh, helping out with the special edition absolutely of the bellator christie podcast and we here at bellator christie want to thank you for spending that time together with us and we value that time and this this with the special edition we know it took a extra little bit to uh, to be part of it and to our prayers that this podcast help stretch your mind and reassure you and help you find a place that strengthens your faith as we strive to create an atmosphere of discussion and as a reliable source of information. Join us next time on the Bellator Christie Podcast. And until next time, Brian and I say, So long, friends. friends. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. The opinions of our guests represent their own and may not reflect those of Bellator Christie Ministries or its affiliates. The Bellator Christie Podcast and bellatorchristie.com are protected under Creative Commons copyright, all rights reserved. The opening theme is the song Crucified, written by John and Michaela Limanis, performed by Crosby Lane and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit our YouTube page at www.youtube.com forward slash Bellator Christie. Also, please consider leaving a positive review on the apps where this podcast is found. We thank you for joining us today and hope to see you back the next time that we step into the arena of ideas. Have you ever wondered about the Christian faith, but have become bogged down by difficult terminology? Are you a Christian and faced doubts and you didn't know where to turn? Maybe your faith has been challenged and you don't know how to respond. Or perhaps you desire to learn more about how to winsomely defend your faith, but you do not have the time nor the finances to enroll in seminary. If any of these situations describes you, 
then consider purchasing a copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics. This book confronts the challenges facing the Christian faith, but does so in a way that is accessible to everyone. The Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics is available in softcover, hardcover, on the Kindle, and Nook. Consider purchasing a copy of the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics from your favorite bookstore today. Do you have a question about the Bible, theology, or apologetics that you've always wanted to ask but never felt comfortable asking? If so, we want to encourage you to head over to bellatorchristi.com and submit your question on the Submit a Question link. Your question will be reviewed and may be featured on a future article or podcast. Remember, the only dumb question is the one unasked. So go over to bellatorchristi.com now and submit your question.